Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. We're unstoppable. We're unstoppable today. Okay. Yo, you ever watch the Olympics? You ever find yourself chanting, USA, 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 USA. What does God have to say about USA? Today is the day we do the State of the Union address in the house of God. We getting real. God calls us to a higher standard. Where's Christina? Is Christina here? Is she in here? She's amazing. I want to make sure this thing gets folded properly. And because uh, we want to honor the flag. Where is she? Is she around here? And can I get two volunteers to make sure this thing does not touch the ground? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need, okay, right here. Thank you so much, T. Let's, uh, let's grab that boy. <laughs> make sure that doesn't. Thank you, Bill Red. <laughs> He'll get that thing folded properly. Give it up for Bill Red and give it up for Torian. Come on. Thank you. One, I want to say something. I love that Bill came up because he's a Marine, and I want to honor everyone that's served in our service today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Because there is freedoms that we experience just because of so many men and women's lives that have sacrificed. And today, I want to acknowledge that. And I want to acknowledge, those that there is a responsibility that we have of followers in Jesus, and maybe you came to this place, you're not a follower of Jesus yet, I invite you to hear a family discussion real quick and get to hear how different Jesus is than maybe what you thought he is. Maybe you thought he was a candidate. Maybe you thought he was a political party. Maybe you thought he was just a flag because what you've seen in your life is that people that have professed to follow Jesus, they're so persuaded by their feelings that all they can talk about is their particular candidate, their particular flag, or their particular team. And we've all had these things planted deep down inside of us since a kid. And today I want to just invite you in to say, am I being led astray? To just stop and think of the question today, am I being led astray? It's healthy to ask questions. Children do often. It's healthy to stop for a minute and say, where is my hope? Why do I believe in what I believe in? Did it start as a kid watching Rocky? You remember Rocky? You remember the Russian? Come on, check this out. I brought back some emotions for somebody. Somebody remember watching Rocky? Come on, somebody did. Somebody did. I wasn't too excited about Russia after I watched that film. Anyone who looks like Ivan Drago, I'm not, I'm not excited with. We're not hanging out. We're not. We're not. 
Apollo Creed, are you kidding me? I'm connected to Rocky. So I'm going to make it a vested decision. I'm connected to Rocky. I'm connected to the USA. And so for any other nation, we are great. We're the land of the free, land of the brave. But I think something's happened the older I've gotten. That what I've realized more and more and more is that God loves every single buddy, person, no matter where they came from. And he loves all flags. Not all nations are serving him. But how do we know if we are always too? That God is asking us on a local level to first check our hearts, and that's where it starts. God is wondering, do we put our trust in him, or are we hoping that a king is going to come solve everything? Do we think that a president is going to solve the issues? I find it interesting because this week, um, as Trump got elected, half the world was really mad. And half of the world was celebrating, but there was a part of me that just grieved on both sides. Because if I'm honest this morning, I wouldn't want my children to become like either candidate. And I don't believe in a, in a process that we're, we just make decisions on a lesser of two evils, and that's the best we have to offer. I think what happens is we've began to think that our hope came from some particular party or some particular system that somehow now will bring gratitude or bring fulfillment or freedom when God is trying to set us free right here, right now. For real. And all you have to do to find this to be true, you could do a litmus test. Just here's the apologetic for it. Just this week, since the Trump got elected, you know what he's doing? saying the very opposite thing that he did when he was campaigning. I love Hillary. She's a very nice woman. She called me to congratulate. She's a great woman. Bill called me as well. He said, great job. And then he said, I like parts of Obamacare. We might actually keep some of it. Have you guys ever heard of a term called satire? Satire is news that's written uh, that could be sarcastic or fake. It has some type of humorous thing. And probably half of us in this room at some particular time has shared satire being true. It's crazy if you stop and think about it, though. There's a book out there that says, Trust Me, I'm Lying. And it's a guy that wrote about all kinds of propaganda and agenda that they fabricated to create emotions for people that would, uh, even, even destructive emotions. So if a billboard goes up and it's pro-something, if it got vandalized, we thought it was true. Sometimes it's vandalized by the same party that put it up. Stop, wait a minute. I think what happens is we start to believe what we can see because what we're hoping is, is that Facebook and whatever candidate will solve all the issues in our heart and our lives, you guys. I remember sitting with people and they said, Obama's the Antichrist and, 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 and Jesus is coming back during Obama's presidency. Well, it's over and I don't think he was the Antichrist. Now what? We have to keep changing our th theology over and over and over again because we're just so confused because you know what we want? You know what we want? We want all of God's kingdom now, but it doesn't come fully now in the external. It comes fully now in our hearts and that's where freedom is. That's where freedom is. And so that's not to discount or discredit those that have fought for this great country and those that have fought for other great countries as well. Don't you think in Russia they believe great country too? Don't you think God cares? Don't you think God cares about Haiti? You ever heard things like maybe Haiti's getting judged for their evilish deeds? Well, I know God can spare cities and regions if there's just one righteous person there. 
And we're in a new day that when Jesus came, you know what he came and you know what he did? He destroyed the effects of darkness in the strongholds that control certain regions. And he brought true freedom. And it says, all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. And therefore, that's why missionaries went. And that's why they were excited. They went in that type of power because they were not of this world. They were completely not of this world. Israel is God's particular people that he chose. And so we're so connected to thinking uh, it's just Israel alone. But when you see the New Testament now, Gentiles have been grafted into the promise of Abraham. Grafted in, equal, joint heirs, all the same rights and privileges. Scripture teaches us that we're ambassadors of heaven. Ambassadors means we have the full right and authority of the Father to be present to be life-giving, to be forgiving, to be loving. But too often, Israel said this, and I think this is what we can say if we're not careful. And so this is, uh, this is a warning, but this is also an admonishing of what is most true, Jesus. And it's a calibration today for all of us because I think what's happened is we've started to get so emotional. It's like watching a Rocky film, and then you realize you're not even fully in it. Has that ever happened? You ever watched a sports team and your team lost and the next day you felt bad and then you felt so dumb because you're like, I'm not even in it. Maybe you've never went that full part of the questions that you should question yourself. Maybe you should start to think, am I dumb because I'm not even in it? No, seriously. I remember, uh, we're from, my family's from Ohio, so we grew up radical Buckeyes. I know that makes somebody mad here. It just is what it is. Today's the day, like, are you Democrat, Republican? Somebody's going to get mad, okay? Look, I'm a Christian and, uh, and so I'm, I don't bow to the Buckeyes first, and I don't bow to the flag first. But the Buckeyes, when they lost, they got upset by Penn State a few weeks ago. I remember being a little aggravated. And I said, I don't get paid. Urban Meyer doesn't call me. I don't have his cell phone number. I don't even know anybody on the team. Like, nobody. Why do I care? This hobby's gone too far. Way too far. So I started slowing back and just got offline for a couple weeks. You know what it did? started to soften my heart for the things that were most true. My family more, you more, the city more, the schools more, friends more. That's what's beautiful. Israel shouted this. They shouted, give us a king. What they had is what we talked about last week. The unstoppable presence of God is what they had. God would govern them. He would love them and that their descendants would have kings. Their king was the Lord God himself, but they said, wait, we want to be like the other nations. We want a king. So he's like, all right, I'm going to turn you over to your own heart, your own desires. You'll get a king. And there were some bad kings. There were some good kings. But ultimately, it was all to point to the great king, the king of kings. We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 this morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. And if you don't, it's okay. I realize this can be pretty intimidating. The more I eat, meet with people, they say things like, I grew up in a church and, and I don't go anymore because uh, it was abusive or I was belittled or I didn't understand Jesus. And I think for too often, we haven't done a great job of connecting the dots. And I'm not saying that those churches are bad. But what I am saying is today's a new day. Will you give Jesus an opportunity to connect with you? And he's left us his word and preserved his word. And it's not supposed to be intimidating, but inviting. And so 
I pray today, as you hear these words, you would be able to come alive and be inspired that the Almighty God wants to speak to you through this particular passage. And we need coaches in life, health coaches, wealth coaches, job coaches. We need spiritual coaches, but the great coach, Jesus, on how to even understand and unpack such a lofty book, a book that is written with many different types of periods of time. I remember the first time I found out the Bible wasn't even written in chronological order. I was like, joke's on me. I thought I'm reading it from beginning to end, right? It wasn't even from chronological order. So you have to, if, if you're reading satire, you better know it's satire. The jo- like, you, if, if there's uh, scripture in here that sometimes the analogies are stories, they're stories, but with a point. So we have to learn how to rightly divide this. And that's why we come together today. We're coming because we long for something more and we want to be able to understand it. And I give that just introduction to where we open up this passage because here's why. You can interact with God through his word anytime. It's one of the most beautiful freedoms we have. There was a period of time when only teachers and scribes could hold the Bible. There was a period of time when the Bible was chained to a pulpit and that you didn't have access to it. And if you didn't understand it, you couldn't read. Well, that's okay, little buddy. You're going to stay over there. We're going to stay over here. You need to hear that Jesus is alive and he can answer your questions. He's big enough to handle your questions. He's big enough to handle your Google. He can meet you where you're at. So we're not scared today to open up the Bible. We're not confused today to open up the Bible. We're excited to open up the Bible because in it we found life. And that's what we invite you to begin is wherever you're at on that journey, look for life in him. First Peter chapter two, and I'm gonna pick it up in uh, 13, but I got 15 on the screen. So 13 says this. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, the backdrop of what is taking place here is scholars say that Christianity has been outlawed. That Nero is the leader and there's all these fires spreading through the city. And Christians are being blamed for the fires. You imagine that feeling for a moment? Where's our hope at? Where's it come from? How do we respond from here? Where do we go? And so when it's being written that be subject to the Lord's sake for every human institution, whether it be to emperor supreme or to governors sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good, that is written in the context of Christianity being illegal. Today, what would, it look like if, what would it look like if Christianity was illegal in the United States? Would we still gather? What happens if food rations were gone? Would we still praise them? So hear me loud and clear. My goal isn't to let us feel some type of suffering that we don't have to. Because we can fully embrace and celebrate the freedoms that we have here. And we shouldn't apologize for that. It's a blessing. But what I also believe that has to happen is we have to ask our hearts every once in a while, am I being led astray? That if Jesus was in the room today and he went through all of our posts and he went through all of our votes and he went through all of our heart and our hope, what would he find? 
Would he cry or would he rejoice? Would he find us as reconciliation table agents, as people that come right in the midst of war and say, we want to sit down with you. We want to love you. We want to help provide freedom for you too. Now, for most of us, we'll never go to war and we'll never understand those that have went to war. And we honor them and we should deeply as they've submitted and they've honored their call and they've honored God as they've been under authority. But for us that aren't in war on an everyday basis, why aren't we the voice for the voiceless more? Why aren't we the voice for those that have no voice? We say land of the free, home of the brave, but do you recognize the more we unpack it, what we're finding is we're finding land of the systematically oppressed. Maybe you just haven't felt it because you aren't from that part of town. Maybe you haven't felt it because you haven't visited some of those places, and it's okay. Your ignorance, it's, 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 it's okay, but when you start to believe that ignorance is true, that's where we get concerned because you know what's happening? You know what it's destroying? It's not destroying your image. It's destroying those that are trying to meet Jesus. You only got so many hills to fight and die on as a person. You only got so many, uh, I think I might just be, am I okay here? You want me to get a new mic? Okay. We only got so many hills to fight and die on as a person. You got so many battles you can fight in life. How, what do you want to fight it for? For me, I've decided there's just, just two things that I care most about. It's Jesus and people, period. Sounds a lot like scripture. If I had to sum up all of the law and all of the weightiness of all of the things that have been spoken from prophets of old coming down, love God, love people. I think if our life looked a little bit like Peter's, we would have responded like Peter did when he was with Jesus when the authority came and grabbed him. Jesus had this moment, he's praying with his favorite people, his best friends. His best friends fall asleep on him, so he's a little discouraged. He's disappointed because he's fully man, so he feels the weight of everything he's gonna face, the war that he's gonna face, and he's gonna lay down his life willingly and he's asking God, if there's any other way, please let there be any other way. But he responds, not my will, but yours be done. And then the soldiers come and they grab Jesus. And Peter, Peter, I can relate to. Peter's like a Rocky. Oh, how dare you grab my boy? He grabs his sword out and he cuts one of the soldiers' ears off. Boom! Jesus says, calm down, little buddy. I could call down legion of angels right now but I'm not going to. This must be done. And he heals him. One of the gospels says, Jesus goes and heals him. The very one that's going to kill him, he heals him. Imagine Peter in that moment thinking, what in the world? We're not, we're gonna, we're not going down without a fight. What, in the, what is happening here? Justice has to be served. The kingdom of God looks so differently. And Jesus shows us what that model looks like. As Jesus is accused they say, are you the king of the Jews? So the king of God's people in that particular time? He says, you say so. And they put a sign above him. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross in John 19, 19. And it read, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And what he was about to do was go pay the price that you and me deserved and he was going to not only make it king of the Jews, but the king of the Jews and the Gentiles that you and me would have access no matter what background and where we came from, that we'd be royalty no matter what land we're in, no matter what 
quote-unquote freedoms we have. So now as we continue in Peter, it's the same one that had that moment. And Jesus restores him after he denies him. So Peter has a kind of volatile, emotional life. And then he says, I mean, Peter literally meaning rock. You go, I'm gonna build my church upon you. But it was not Peter they would build it upon. It was Jesus through Peter. It's kind of like the same thing. If you're intimidated to do a root group, Jesus through you can do something beautiful. In verse 15, and for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. In verse 17, really hard here. Honor everyone, love your brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. What is our response in a day like today? This is the state of the union. It's to do good. Keep 15 up there, please. It's to do good. It's to live as people who are free. Why? Because we are servants of God. Of God. Of God. I'm talking the maker of the universe of God. Servants of God. Servants of God do not find themselves getting entangled all the time in civilian affairs. Servants of God start to look up. They look past pain, past aggression, past hurt, past worries, past. And they look to something more. The great hope, the great help, Jesus himself. So when it says, honor everyone, love your brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Come on, that would be so hard with no food. It's illegal to believe in Jesus. And now you're being persecuted and potentially blamed for fires that are going on. That's some serious persecution. We lose a little bit of disappointing votes and we go buck wild. We do. I think we could be a lot more sensitive, even holding your viewpoint. You know, I'm never going to be a friend with anybody else on Facebook ever for the rest of my life. I'll never be a friend. With, I can't believe everybody. They don't can't believe they voted for him. I can't believe they voted for her. I can't believe that, right? That's how I read it when I read the things. I can't believe it. I'm going to never do it. It's like, I heard one person call it. It's like Facebook thugs, you know? Everybody's so tough when it's online, but who's at the town hall? For me, when I looked at the ballot, when I saw, once it got to local things like school board, school thing, I didn't know a lot of people on it. And I thought, wow, we got to rise up. We need more doctors at Sparrow. We need more teachers at the schools in the inner city here. Lansing should not be one of the 10 most violent cities of population under 200,000. Like, let's rise up. We can do this here right now. Why don't, we, why don't we let Washington fly in and let them look at heaven in Lansing and say, we need to do what they're doing because we can only start to affect what we can control, which is those in front of us here right now. That's all we can affect. And that's not ignorance. That's actually called active. That's called fully engaged. That's what's being told all the time to God's people. No matter what situation, we have a greater authority we answer to. So therefore, we're not, we're not moved to, to just by what's happening in our circumstance. And you guys, this is not easy, okay? And being a Christian was never easy. Jesus says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you, fi- but if you keep your life, you'll lose it. 
The invitation is very simple this morning. Lose your life, lose your sin, lose your brokenness, lose your shame, lose all of your insecurities, gain Jesus, gain freedom, gain confidence, gain love, gain hope, gain kingdom. But you know what? You might have some trials along the way, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It is worth it. It continues. It says this, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Man, God's word is, it hurts to the soul. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be happy in their particular setting. Not only to do good and gentle, also to the unjust, for this is the gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and you are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For this, to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. Jesus, our great example. So that you might follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin. Now there was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Do we believe that God is the great judge? Do we? Romans 13 talks about that all authority is established by God, even bad authority, that it's under the rule of God. Psalm 2 is, is really cool because Psalm 2 talks about, it's, uh, this is like my anti-Illuminati verse. And I'm not saying that the Illuminati is not real or it is real. I think awareness is good. So if you didn't think it was real, um, it's good to say, am I being led astray? And if you think it's real, it's probably good to say, am I being led astray? Psalm 2, it says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, Let us burst their bounds apart and cast away their cords from us. So that's an attack on God. The nations of this world, an attack on Jesus. Here's how God responds. He who sits in heavens laughs. (laughs) He laughs. God is laughing when people think that they're going to stop what God is doing. He's unstoppable. God is laughing. He's laughing. But I think he's crying when his children put so many obstacles and roadblocks in front of people meeting Jesus. And it could look like a party line. And I'm not saying don't be invested, but I think if you want to be invested, actually be invested. Go be a politician. If you want to be a quarterback, be a quarterback, not a couch quarterback. Okay? So there's freedom to grieve. Hear that. There's freedom to mourn. And for some, it is a scary, scary day. And it should be. But Jesus said, watch out. Because those that say they can solve it, they could be the most crafty and cunning of them all. Could be the Antichrist leading many astray. Even possibly deceiving God's elect. If even possibly God's elect could be deceived, then it's probably healthy for me to ask, am I being led astray? Am I being led astray? He bore himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And for you were strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. That is the best news you'll ever hear this campaign. The state of the union of the church has always been the same. It's that God's gospel is so good 
And Jesus is so perfect, it's worth everything. And so through hardship and holiness, they're key. God is still for the people and for you. See, because we do have a king. And he's perfect and he is Jesus. And he's beautiful. And we have a land that will never be moved. And we need to honor the land we're in and submit and serve wholeheartedly. But you know why we serve wholeheartedly? Because we genuinely believe that God is over it. And so as we submit, we're submitting to God. If Jesus came in the room, we would serve him. Or we could be the crowd that yelled, crucify him. That's what our sin can do. It can get so distorted so quick. The same crowds that yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna, we love you. Ah, ah, we love you. Christmas is coming, right? Hosanna, we love you. Ah, Emmanuel, sing every day. Kill him. Kill him. You ever been in a fight or anybody who's like, fight, fight, fight. Happens to all of us. Rocky, get him, Rocky. One more hit, Rocky. One more hit, Rocky. <laughs> you know, Rocky, just hit him. Just hit him. Get the Rocky, get him. I don't even know why I'm fighting anymore, you know? That's what I feel in my spirit. Why are we fighting about this when we could be fighting for what matters most? Man, if, if, I, if I hear another stat another year without, like, in my face, in front of me, that just breaks my heart, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, that's what I want to be involved in. When you find out 56% of African-American boys don't graduate high school in Lansing, how can't you do something about it? That's why we tutor. So when you give to City Life, that's, why you're, that's what we're doing. We're trying to love the city. We're trying to have people move in these neighborhoods because we love these neighborhoods. We don't look at them like a case study. These are people. 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 Here's what the flag looks like for Christianity. Um, the martyrs here. Uh, this is who rolled with Jesus. This is what they saw. They believed so much that he was so awesome. He was not like Sunday school. He was not like what you thought he was. He was so real and so powerful that they gave all their lives. Either they're the dumbest people on the planet or they saw something, a kingdom that can't be taken. I believe it was B. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where's our hope today? I pray that we look up because the sun is shining. That's what they saw, that he's risen. Wow, our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is great. We will spend forever with our king. And so now this is what we say. The kingdom is fully here, just not yet fully revealed. It's came all the way in Jesus, but one day he's going to come back and he's going to set up everything. It's going to be the way it was supposed to be. We get glimpses of it now when we see great order, when we see great love, when we see a great family that's loving people, when we see forgiveness on a, 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 just a, a level that is unthinkable, we get to see the kingdom. When we get to watch somebody come alive because they recognize their identity isn't in what their sin was, but it's in knowing that they're royalty in Christ and that they're called by name. That's when we get glimpses of the kingdom. The kingdom's fully real now. But one day it's going to be forever. And so now we say this, welcome home. Welcome home. Where there's a greater flag, there's a greater president, there's a greater king, and it's Jesus. And we watched this video, but I think it's so fitting to watch it again. And you've maybe heard this story as a kid, the Humpty Dumpty. 
But I love how Pastor Tony Evans lays it out. Humpty Dumpty, check it out. There's a famous nursery rhyme that simply goes, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Mr. Dumpty's world had become shattered and he needed it fixed. But he didn't go to his friends or his family or even his church. He went to the White House. Now we know he went to the White House because the king got involved. The king was sympathetic to Mr. Dumpty's dilemma, so he called a meeting of Congress. We know Congress got involved because all the king's men got involved. But the tragedy of the nursery rhyme is when it was all said and done, all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. It is unfortunate today that far too many believers are expecting the solutions to our problems to land on Air Force One. I'm taken to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua is doing reconnaissance around the walls of Jericho. He looks over and he sees the captain of another large army dressed in battle array. Now Joshua's mama didn't raise a dummy. He wanted to know whose side are you on? Because if you're on our side, then we've got help against Jericho. But if you're on their side, we've got double trouble. So before I go out here and make a fool of myself, whose side are you on? That's when the captain says to him, I think you are confused. I'm neither on your side, nor am I on their side. I'm captain of the Lord's army. I did not come to take sides. I come to take over. is God does not ride the backs of donkeys or elephants. That if you're a Democrat, the best you can do is vote Democrat light, L-I-T-E. Or Republican light, L-I-T-E, because your job is to bring the either one, the L-I-G-H-T. Your job is to represent another king and another kingdom. You and I belong to another kingdom. Let's represent the king. I love that. I had a lunch with a good friend. His name was Joe Mead. And I remember he shared a story with me and it's impacted me to this day. He shared that as he was on a missions trip out in Africa, you guys can come up. As he was on a missions trip out in Africa, uh, they were there and they were gonna go help people that were poor, and, right? And, and do, do great things. But he said what he realized was he was not on a missions trip for them, it was a missions trip for him. And as he watched and he met this boy named Joseph throughout the week, and as Sunday service came around, Joseph was a believer, young kid, and Joseph knew something that taught Joe that day, that taught me as we sat at lunch. And as they sang songs to God, as Joseph was joining in with the crowd and God is good and singing in his language, the place started erupting and dancing. And as Joe watched, he said he wept because Joseph was dancing in the same place that they have to use for the restroom. And they were just worshiping God because it didn't matter what the circumstances felt like, that they saw that joy was beyond this world and beyond this planet. 
God help us. We all need more of Joseph in us. And when we think about third world countries, we think about other places. I hope though that today it'll spark something in us that we today ask different questions. What does God feel about the people there? And I pray there's another question that we'd ask. What can I learn from the people there? May we not be so arrogant to always think that we know the right way. May we be reconciliation agents to always bring people closer to God. Today, I want to I pray for leaders. I want to pray for this nation, but I also want to pray for us. And if you're with me in any of those, if you need prayer for your heart, you recognize your heart is not tight with Christ today. I want to invite you to stand. And if you recognize today that you want to pray for leaders, I want you to stand. And if you today want to pray for those that are not heard in third world countries that can teach us things, let us stand. And I pray today that it would be each one of us standing, but standing as a sign of surrender to say, God, we need you to show up. Show up in our hearts. Show up in our actions to bless those, to learn from those, and to never think it's just a they or a we versus us. This isn't like the Olympics where it's medal total. This is the kingdom of God where you care and you gave a gold to every single flag, every single person. You want your kids to come back home. God, use us. Heaven in Lansing now. Heaven in Lansing now. Heaven in Lansing now. Jesus, we pray. And like Peter was reminded to encourage those to be sober-minded and to be full of grace and to submit and to be obedient, to do good, to live a life as people who are free, not using their freedom for evil, but living as servants unto God, as Jesus is the example, that we might follow in his steps, who bore our sins on a tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were strained like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. That's my prayer today for many of us in this room. That you would give up your sin, give up your garbage, and lay it down and get true rest, the true overseer of your soul, Jesus. God, we pray today. As a body, we pray, we ask for your mercy. People that are called by your name, if we would turn from our sin, you will hear our prayers and heal our land. God, we pray that you not just heal our land, but all the land, the whole earth. That people would feel your love that stretches across the universe, that it would come down into each village, each block each school, each house. That you would let people know it's not a checklist, but a relationship that you're longing to communicate with them and you're there in just an instant. And we say, Jesus, help. 
God, we don't understand how all of it works out. It's a mystery, but you're in control and you're using all of it for your good and your glory. And we trust you today. We pray that you would be exalted throughout all systems that have been established on the earth. God, we pray for all people that are in authority, even down to the smallest of levels where we think it's so insignificant, but it's so powerful because it's been established by you at schools and public transportation. And then as stretching is as high as we would think for the president even for the United Nations and all the leaders globally. God, that they would submit to you. That they don't rule, not under authority, but they all rule under your authority. God, soften hearts today. Lead them back to Jesus. If they're off and use all of their work for your kingdom, for the people. And use us today in this room to be reconciliation agents, to just set tables up in neighborhoods and sit down with people and listen, begin to heal hurts and pain. Be there. God, breathe your peace in this room. Breathe your rest in this room. Breathe your hope in this room. Your freedom in this room. There's people that are sick in this room. I pray that they would keep enduring they would fight the good fight of faith because one day they will be with you forever. God, I pray that we would not grow weary. We would not look so much to what we can consume or how do we get safety. And for God, that we would let go and let you lead. And as hard as it is, we can still sing. We got the joy. We got the joy. We got the joy. We got Jesus. He's the joy. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your passion, your compassion, your healing, your grace. May each one of us be soldiers in the Lord's army. And we thank you for soldiers that have given their life, that continue to defend the nation. God, we also pray for all those other nations of soldiers that are doing the same. And may we always stand in the gap and trying to close it for the accused, for the guilty, because we're talking about souls forever. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy. God, help us. God, breathe your holiness in this place that no person would be the same anymore. God, for the person that keeps putting things off one more day, one more day, one more day, today's the day. Today is the day. Freedom is here now. Freedom isn't a place. Freedom isn't a position. Freedom is a heart condition. And God, let there be freedom now. Set your people free. And whom you set free, those that are free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this through you, Jesus. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.